Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ben Griffin Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Nate, and in this podcast, we talk a little bit about social media platforms, specifically Visco and their Visco girls, Twitter and Instagram. What's the trend? What's the future for them? We also have a little bit of a conversation about individualism online, like following the trends, who is the real you online, Finstas, and much more. All this leading to a conversation on faith, cults, and close deaths. That and a whole lot more. So thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Nate, welcome to the show, my man. Hello, hello. How are you? (laughs) I know it's like most times people come in. And I do the mic test with people that are like kind of mingling this time. It's like we're straight into the action. So I I'm love sure it. I'm catching it's how it should be. No, foot. let's do it. But um, I guess we should just introduce yourself a little bit. Who are you? You know, like, well, of course, your name's Nate. For but sure. what's your major? Yeah. So uh, my name's Nate, obviously. Um, so right now I'm majoring in communications with a minor in philosophy. Um, communications is so broad. I'm kind of taking um, the more rhetorical route, rhetorical criticism, things like that. Um, hopefully the goal, the dream is right now, I want to teach, uh, I came on as an elementary ed major. Um, you're kidding. So, yeah. Right. I know. Dude, that was, that was mine. <laughs> Dude, really? No way. Before what are tra- you now? What are you right now? I'm a comm major. Nice. But I transferred in, uh, before I came here, I was at a school called UW Superior and I transferred yeah, yeah. in to be a kindergarten teacher. No way. I was going to be, Holy I was God. working with kindergarten kids at Superior. And when I transferred, I was a double major in common business law. And I dropped the law part and just went calm. And that's all I can do now. All over the place. Out of oh, boy. Oh, God, dude. Nah, it was but hard. Like, I've, I've like, like, I have so much respect for teachers of anything, right? Yeah. But as I kind of like looked at the elementary ed major, I was just kind of like, eh, that's not really where I want to take it. So as I've kind of really fallen in love and become passionate about this discipline of calm and like rhetorical studies, I was like, right, maybe I could do something with that. So. The goal is like right now I want to go go to grad school, get a PhD and teach somewhere, be a prof, do some scholarship. I think that'd be oh, really cool. That would be. Um, but we'll see. I was talking to my advisor and she was like, yeah, when I was coming out of the program, there were like seven jobs for like hundreds of people. So you got another eight people, do the right things, get the good grades. So it's like, oh God, holy shit. <laughs> um, but no, uh, that's the goal. But I'm just doing what I want right now. I'm just learning shit. That's why I'm here. So where'd the, I, I this is. When I was at UWS, I never touched the philosophy department. Yeah, yeah. What was it about that that were like, yeah, I'm going to try that? Do you just yeah. like the deep thoughts? Because I went to philosophy with popcorn for an hour, and Father Renee broke me. <laughs> Dude, yeah, every day I'm like, what is this <laughs> abstract thought? No, it's it's something. But I've always, I don't know why, but I've always kind of, my, my freshman year of high school, I took a creative writing class. It was super cool. Really small class. Just really good vibes. Um Freshman year, a lot changed. We can get into that later, maybe. But um, I was everyone's always like, "Wow, Nate, you're so deep. You're so deep. You have all these deep thoughts." I was like, "I, I'm just thinking. I'm not doing anything." I felt so weird. Like you're patronizing me. That's got to be the weirdest compliment to take to. Thank you. I'm so deep. Like, what the hell does that even mean? No, but I've always just kind of like, ever since that, and and just being kind of outspoken like about just how I think. Like, this is random, but you look at someone like Kanye West. And this all makes sense in the end, but he says things, right? You're like, what the hell? Slavery is a choice. What what the hell? That's bullshit. (laughs) What does that even mean? But then you kind of look into it and you, 
I read this article in the New York Times that him they just sent a reporter out or journalist, excuse me, to just hang out with him when he was in Jackson, Wyoming, to just hang out and just be with him. And there's so much more to what there is. So right now, I guess this segments into the media stuff, but kind of in this culture where it's headlines, it's it's info for like 10 seconds, 180 characters, a post, something you like, and then you swipe up from, you know, um, there's always more to it. So I was always really open about my thoughts and stuff. And I look at someone like Kanye West and I'm like, there's so much more to what is going on. And I kind of, I just want to know what, what's going on in that. I've kind of these philosophy classes, I knew I had an interest, but it's kind of this like idea of meta, meta theory, like stuff like that, looking instead of just being in it and mm-hmm. having removed a removed view from it. I think it's really fascinating. So I that was long story short, I just like looking at the big picture and that's why I think it's cool about philosophy. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's funny you say that. Cause like I said, I never had experience really with the philosophy program mm-hmm. before I came here. Yeah. And it feels like every calm guy or gal has that pairing of some sort. Exactly. And it's kind of funny to me because I, I just have the one lane street. So I kind of want to know what it's like on different paths. To yeah, see what no, that's definitely. Like, and I think that's one of the going to a school like this, a liberal arts school, um, liberal arts school. I don't know how much I buy that coming from this place, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but um, going to a school like that, you have options. I think it's really cool because um, it's not just like, oh, I'm just in my business class. I'm not in my comm class or whatever. So you have the options, which is a really, really unique opportunity, um, especially um, just in college and university. So Yeah, give it a shot while you're here. Exactly, right? That's that's the whole point. Well, I guess I should just do a quick explanation, too, of what kind of led. Because being that I've been doing this for a couple months now, mm-hmm. one of the things that's really kicked my ass is when you're trying to find guests, it's nice to go outside your usual bubble. And of course I've met you through some classes that we've taken mm-hmm. and service learning, which I also worked through that program, which was awesome. You guys are great. Oh, thank you. Good. I'm glad. Um, but this is one of the first, this won't be the first, but most of the time I get to work with people that I'm a little bit familiar with. So this is us sitting down for the first time yeah. to introduce yourself and to kind of figure it all out. And the reason we kind of called this together is because we both had a an intro to a discussion at the fading moment of a class yep. at the very end of our comm class about um, social media, specifically Visco, which lit a fire in your eye that I had to it be did. like, you, <laughs> you got to get on a microphone here, man, because I feel like I'm about to sit in the back seat of a preacher here. But <laughs> I thought we'd just kind of go into it right away and just kind of see what your thoughts are on Visco, because... I've never actually touched it, and I was going to do a big bit on it with one of my friends who runs another podcast called The Candace Podcast. Vincent, we were going to recreate basic white girl uh, pictures on Visco, (laughs) and I was going to be like, oh, it was going to be, I I thought it was going to be funny, but then again, I'm like the most unfunny person you'll meet, because when you go on Visco, the first thing you don't want is some dude topless from the back looking out over a porch like he's in Paris, you know, (laughs) like you don't want that. But at the same time, it was like, it'd be funny. But that was my for first experience. For, for the, the meme. meme. You got to do it for the meme. But that would have been my first experience on Visco. Mm-hmm. So why don't you just tell me a little bit about probably, probably just start from the beginning. You were talking to me about how it's, it was originally like a Canvas app for yeah. artists. Uh-huh. So basically, Visco is, it's essentially Instagram with no likes. Like you can't see who's following you. You can't see who likes pictures. You People can like repub stuff, but it's all just content. So there's mm-hmm. kind of, I think it's a really cool goal, right? It's just a place for people to post what they want without the fear of 
like validation and verification through likes and um, how many followers do you have? Like all this stuff, right? Kind of all the baggage that comes with social media. Who do you follow? How many likes do you get? Who are your friends? Well, uh, tag me in this post, right? It doesn't really exist on Visco. So the goal of the app is to just create a space where people could zero in on their creativity, specifically photographers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool because you can do it on Instagram, but there's still that social media aspect where it's very much like, it's very much based on like, oh, you want to be with these people, get these likes, have that interaction. And Visco was kind of removing that. It was strictly an art, um, like an app for sharing art, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the intention and... Honestly, maybe even the execution of it, I think it's well done. But there's a lot of confounding variables that have made it... You know what a spam account is on Instagram or Finsta? I was going to bring that up to you actually later. Yeah, so I think Visco has kind of become a massive one of those, which kind of really? sucks. Because I think it's a really... it's It has potential to be a very powerful app where you can just do your thing, be creative, zero in on what you want as a, a creator, right? Because we all have access to it. We can all be artists. You can make a movie on your phone like right now we're, we're doing a podcast in a dorm room right now you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah man but i think visco i i need to word this right but i think visco is it's taken it's become an extension of an instagram spam page which mm-hmm. i think is really unfortunate um so yeah it's that's kind of the intro that's that's uh i guess that's my two cents to no. get us going no that was awesome because I, I try to think of it, and I, I went on it literally just to kind of look around like I was going to set up my own account for the first time. I'm going to go on it right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Pull it up. Get a little... Get, get some visuals own. going on a podcast. Yeah, keep, keep rolling. I'll keep rolling. What are you talking <laughs> about? Interrupting. No, I was going to say that I was surprised by it having no likes, and I was surprised because it reminded me of what's going on with Instagram right now, where Instagram has been experimenting without ha- with going without likes. Mm-hmm which seems like the death of social media to begin with, yeah, especially when you're talking about influencers and the amount of money that's in it, that Visco seems like the Wild West, and I don't know really what's going to yeah. happen to it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because that's a huge point to bring up, like the economic like value of social media, right? I mean, so much marketing is done through social media accounts. Like some pages, that's all they have. Some companies, that's what they do. That's what they have. And look at these influencers, and it's like that's what they do. They're advertisers. Yeah. And when you have something like Visco that attempts to remove that and remedy that and make a space where you are not quote unquote competing with that is just average Joe Schmo who just likes to post stuff on Instagram. I think it's cool. It's and like I said, it's a really noble intent, but it's, it just doesn't really hold up in, in mm-hmm. our, our, this current age of social media there. It kind of this elimination of likes is like, Oh look, I feel like it's supposed to just, make people be carefree they can do it they can they can express themselves freely because there's that 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 system of you're good enough you're not good enough isn't there right but i think it's created this idea of meta self-esteem right so instead of oh they have more likes than me i have less likes i'm gonna delete this post doesn't have as many likes whatever right it doesn't do that but it creates this this kind of phenomenon that i've noticed in this that everyone in trying to be different ends up being the same so on visco let's say theoretically I, i'm i'm on visco right i'm chilling i'm pulling up i got my big ass fila dino stompers on like other girls have, you know what i'm saying i'm chilling in my dorm with my tapestry in the back oh, i sound like an asshole right now well you want to know what's even funnier my <laughs> fr just got gifted fila no shoes. way oh. he's from china i oh, love him no. to death that he's got these huge <laughs> shoes <laughs> and every time i see him walk this go girl 
that's, that's all I think of. And he's the sweetest guy, you know, he's, he's an FR. Yeah. And I see him and he's like got three inch platforms, like he's Austin uh, Powers. And I'm like, awesome. Jesus, dude, <laughs> calm down. Yeah, chill. But no, like, like, so let's say that's going on. I'm in my dorm, I'm doing that, right? So it's not going to be like, oh, I don't have as many likes. But it's gonna be your browsing visco. You see the norm. You see the dino stompers. You see the crop tops. You see the feel like 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 the uh, the champion joggers, the crop tops. Like I said, all that stuff, and that's gonna influence what you post. So then you see it, you post it, and then you go out and you see you see it with everything else. And if it matches up with everything else, it's good, mm-hmm. right? So it creates a sense of you're not getting monitored by likes, but you're monitoring yourself. So it's not like I just feel good about like what I'm posting. It's like I think I feel good about what I'm posting. Post it. Oh, I feel good about it because it matches up, right? And I think that's really dangerous in, in terms of a whole society. So I think Visco has just created this phenomenon. I guess I'll coin the term of like meta self-esteem. It's not so immediate like, oh, look how many likes I got. Look yeah. how many people followed me. But it's this internal unspoken thing of this unconscious comparison. You see it, you post it, your thing matches up with it. It is good. And I think in terms of that kind of ideal, ide- like that idea um in context of the united states where individualism is everything we're just fooling ourselves we're not individuals we are but we're not acting like it you can't all be the one right so i'm yeah. I'm getting way off but dude there's no such thing as off topic on this show but yeah it's <laughs> it's just in my class right now we're talking about i just did a whole paper on the uh the american mythology of individualism um and like how that relates and I use the Joker as the example, but I think that movie, I love that movie. Incredible movie. Incredible yeah. film. That great movie, piece of cinema. Easily top three for me. Absolutely. Walking Phoenix. I think he's better than Heath Ledger. I'm going to get shit for that. Oh, but you're getting, I, think I thought you were just talking about the character. No, I thought you were talking like, oh, everything. everything. Dude, the whole movie was incredible. Oh. Joker, I think it was, I thought it was better than Heath Ledger's. This is, yeah. I digress. <laughs> but like, so I did this thing on the Joker and the idea of like American individualism. And I guess we can get into mythology more after this, but that's the idea that we can all be the individual. And it's kind of like, like I said earlier, when we're all trying to be different, we end up being the same. And I think something like Visco, something yeah. like social media, it it does a lot of that because we all want to be different. So we end up all wearing the same clothes, all being counterculture. But when we're all counterculture, we're just the culture. So like I look at like Joker, right? To kind of tie this point in. We're all, it's all, it's kind of calling us to be the Joker, but we all can't, we can't all be the Joker. It's not possible. There's only one. So we're kind of sold this live individualism when we're really just in the state of species being, we're all being together. And I'm not saying individualism is bad or species being is better, but I think let's not fool ourselves into thinking we are doing individualism well, because I don't think we are. I think social media really fucks it up because you are like, I'm going to be an individual but I'm going to express myself based on how I think it's going to work. Right? No, just be yourself. The way to be an individual is to be yourself. And I don't think we do a lot of that. So I think this mythology that's being reinforced through social media of everyone's an individual, but everyone's acting the same. It's just, it's just a conflict of interest. So I think the biggest thing of social media is just kind of the elimination of just the self, Mm. right? Because you're just another number. You're just another profile. You're something someone likes for two seconds and moves on. You just kind of, succumb to the norms i do that i think a lot of people do that i I, we all do it to some extent um i think that's dangerous because we're not here to be the same we're here to be ourselves 
we're here to be individuals in it together you know mm-hmm. you know do you know sisyphus that story it's no. like so this Remind is like me. literally mythology but basically sisyphus is like condemned he he was an asshole to the gods so they're like i don't like this guy so he's doomed to push a rock up a hill his entire like a huge boulder up the hill the, his entire life and that's he can never get to that it always rolls down at the end and I forget who it was, but there's a philosopher. I think it was Michel Foucault. I don't know. I'm not sure. But basically he says, he argues that Sisyphus should just smile when he does it. That's, he just laugh because that's his lot in life. That's what he's meant to do. He's going to roll that up, up over the rest of his life. So oh, I lost my train of thought. But this idea of, oh, yeah, yeah. Is it more like, <clears throat> excuse me. Is it more like now that you have purpose, you're an individual, that you have an individual purpose rather than following with a trend? I think so. I just think social media, like this gets into like human nature and our purpose here. And like the Sisyphus story, I tie this in because he's like, we should laugh while we do it. We're pushing up that rock. We should not. That's what we do. Might as well enjoy it while we do it. Right. Yeah. So I look at this idea of individualism and this other idea of species being. And I think we got it wrong. I think it's in the middle. And I think we fool ourselves to think we're all individuals because we are a community. We're just social creatures. So we're all Sisyphus pushing the rock up, right? We shouldn't aim to be like those other people. We should just push our rock up because we're all doing it together. Like we're all, we're all spread out. We're all pushing up the same hill at the same time. So let's just do it our own way. You know what I'm saying? So I really went off here and I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm thinking about this. And like, I'm like, do I like what I said? I don't really know because it's very, it gets really difficult when you're dealing with these questions because it's in the middle. We're not one thing. We're not the other thing. We're in the middle somewhere. Yeah. So, and there's such a variance between what people need. Cause I also think of like the idea of social batteries. Like you need Mm -hmm. to be on your own before you go back into the group. And then sometimes you need to be in the group longer before you go back on your own. Exactly. And that counterbalance between you as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think the only thing that maybe I got lost on there is the idea of, you know, is it our burden to push the rock up with the community as a whole? Or are we all oh, rolling okay. it up yeah, and yeah, we're yeah. just in a group mindset that we're all doing the same thing? We're all trying to find I a lot. You. Like, it sounds like the image is 50 people pushing a rock up yeah. versus one person. Okay, I get this. I get you. So let's unpack it, right? Yeah. So I think individualism, the way I see it, it would be 50 people, right? All have their own hills. There are our own separate boulders. They're pushing up together. Okay. Complete species being would be us all pushing the same boulder up together. Okay. But I don't think it is. I think we like to think that we're all on our own pushing our own boulder up, but we're not. We have these subgroups that are all... So we're not pushing 100 boulders. We're not pushing one. We're pushing like 50. We're pushing like 25 or something because we're in the middle somewhere. We're not all being one way. We're not all being the other way um, while doing it. And... Maybe one guy, maybe he's, he's super jacked. You know, he's like, he's like a, he's like a, a shot put thrower on track. He's like, he can push his, this is individualism. He can push his boulder through raw strength, right? He can just do it. But like a guy like me, I'm lanky as hell, right? Maybe I'll use some extra leverage, right? Cause I'm tall and I can, I can finesse a little more. But then this guy over here was like, you know, maybe I should wear some cleats or some spikes or something so I can actually grip the ground, right? So we're all going to do it our own different way. And the idea of, I think this, this, there's a union in this right between species being an individualism where we will all push we will push up multiple rocks but not each our own but we'll all help in different ways mm. so i won't i won't 
push the rock with brute strength. I'll do something else. I won't just go at it like on my own. Maybe I'll use a machine. Maybe I'll do something else. So I think there's a, these two ideas are kind of wed in this and how I'm, this is interesting. I've never had this thought before, but in how we're viewing this is kind of the allegory of Sisyphus. I think we're all pushing up. We're pushing up 25 boulders. There's groups doing it, but we're all going to the same goal. Okay. So I don't know if that makes sense. I really went off there, but, um, dude, like yeah. I said, Makes no sense such thing as off topic and I'm sponging. Yeah. I'm sponging. just taking it all in the best I can. I hope it makes sense. So if you get lost, just let me know. We'll try to unpack it. No, no, you're good. I got that one. And besides it's recorded. Perfect. Boom. I, I got it. it. But what are your thoughts now? I'm going to, now that we go from kind of that sad idea of like individual, individuality, sorry, mm-hmm. and kind of everyone's, you know, battling to kind of push to this certain place. Let's go to a, let's go to something a little more humorous. I agree. One of the sad outcomes, rather the sad tragic lens mm. of a Visco girl. Mm. What are your thoughts right now on this? Because it's booming now, but like it's the been Visco around. Girl? Yeah, it's okay. been around for a while. Like I yeah. remember Visco girls, the term being around, but lately, with the hydro flask mm. and the bands. <laughs> I wish I live streamed this one because your face makes me yeah, laugh. But yeah. What are your thoughts? Let's just take a quick turn. I want to pick your thoughts. I'm it. triggered. <laughs> I'm triggered by Visco girls, bro. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, but like, I I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it goes back to the idea. It's like, bro, you guys are all badass, cool people. You don't you don't need to buy the hydro flies. You don't need to wear the dinosaur. You don't need to have the tapestry in room, right? To Cause you're good. You're cool. Yeah. Like be yourself. And I mean, this isn't, this isn't like the hate on Visco girls isn't to be like, Oh, you're not doing it right. But like, dog, you're cool. You're doing it right. Don't look to these norms to base off yourself. Cause you're a fucking gangster. Like yeah. Visco girls. I just like get so mad because I'm like, dude, you don't need the hydro flask. You don't need the, the corny <laughs> quote about God on your Visco. You don't need to repub this picture of a girl in a crop top or some fucking Christmas tree. Like, dude, I get it, but don't, like, I sound like an old man. I'm like, yeah, social media, social media. No, but, but yeah. you're losing the glimmer of your personality. And exactly. I think, I think there's a lot of danger. I've talked about this before on podcasts of, I, I kind of, now I call it like social hawking, where you're mm-hmm. all coming in on one image and we all try to share that image yeah. together. And I think you disappear. And we're going back to the conversation we had before a bit there. But I mean, it all ties together, though. Yeah, it does. And I think it's it's a really interesting phenomenon to kind of watch right now, especially being... I know I'm a couple years older than you, mm. but I'm kind of past that time now where I have to worry about what my classmates dress like, act like, what apps they're on. I have no sense for that anymore. Like, mm. I... Maybe I've just aged out of it because my maturity's on a different scale or something like that. But when I look back at this, I I can't help but think, where's the individuality? Where's the where's the lack yeah. of trends? Where can we kind of find that new creativeness? And that's what I you know, I work with people who do art all the time. You know, I'm doing you know stories. I'm working with people that are writing. Mm-hmm. I'm doing podcasts, painters, sketch artists, you name it. Yep. And they always tell me the same thing. There's a huge lack of creativity right now because we all have the same access to a lot of information. And I think that's kind of an interesting thought to have that you can kind of jump off and go deeper with. It's a flat-faced statement. But I always kind of have that in the back of my mind that because there's so much out there that we have access to, 
we kind of forget to really dive into it. We just assume we have it. We have this very materialistic mind where we're just like, there it is. I've Mm -hmm. got it. I've conquered it. So I'm going to go somewhere else. And we end up wasting our time rather than sifting through the things that we already have. Yeah. And you lose a lot of glimmer to your personality in that, you know, and following those trends. But yeah. And like, I think that's perfect because I'm, I'm still hung up on how I talked about individuality and species being, I just came at that out of nowhere. But I think as we go, I think, I think it, it lends itself to be a meaningful thing because that's the idea of like, we all, you kind of saturate yourself. You become what everyone else is. You wear Mm -hmm. the clothes, you post the, you, you adopt the mannerisms, you laugh at the same things, right? It dulls you because you're not being yourself. You're being something manufactured through this idea of, social media and this this image is projected on you so yeah I, I like what we did with that but um yeah art lack of creativity where we're going with it i think it's interesting because now it's like we all i talked about this like in the beginning yeah and before you jump into that like when i say lack of creativity like it's not that people aren't creative it's that individual creativity is kind of pushed on yeah certain people like there's you look at a group and you used to go, oh, that's an artist. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a sore throat. But you could see in certain groups, or you can see at our school, there's a select group of students that would even consider participating in an art class and the rest who would never do it mm-hmm. because they have no ambition to be creative and just get dulled down. Yeah, and I think I think that is kind of a fallout of this these, these dumbed-down personalities that you just get through being on social media. You just kind of become that and there's no need for creativity because someone else is doing it for you they're creating the image or they're they're making the norm right but i think it is interesting because right now like i said i talked about this earlier but we all have phones we can all make movies we can all take photos we everything is accessible but that doesn't mean it that doesn't mean there's an increase in art though that's the thing just because it's there just because there's more of it doesn't mean it's good right so you look at then this gets into the question of what what makes art like why why is the Mona Lisa so like heralded? I can just look at it on my phone, right? But being with that piece is a whole different experience. I've never seen it. But then like one of my profs talks about this really eloquently. But like just because I can go on my phone, it kind of diminishes it. Like you, you look at listening to the same song on Spotify versus on vinyl. On Spotify, you just plug your headphones in and like you listen to it. It's great, whatever. When you put it on vinyl, there's a lot more that goes into it. You have to... You have to buy the the record player. You have to find the record. Right? You have to put it on. You have to like, you have to drop the needle. Then you have to wait for the song to come on. You have to get through like three rounds before it or whatever. And then you're like, I'm gonna listen to it. So it's not just all yeah. oh, plug it in. It's over. It's easy to get to. I take it for granted. It's very intentional, mm-hmm. and that's why the experience is so much more like, it's just more because it took more to get there. So looking at a picture of the Mona Lisa on my phone, it's it. I don't care. But if I go to the Louvre right now. You bet your ass I'm going to care because I just went to the fucking Louvre. Well, yeah, it's satisfaction. It's satisfaction with the journey. Exactly. And I think that's a very important part of what we kind of call art. I think it's very important because art inherently, it's it's difficult. Creating is hard, right? If you're really creating, it's really hard. Um, So I think it's the journey is very important. If it just shows up on your phone, you get numb to it. Like... I think it's, I always think about this. I went back 50 years ago with my iPhone, right? Holy crap. Incredible. People would think I'm like a wizard. But now it's just here, so we get numb to it. 
And I think it's the same with art. I think there's a big threat of oversaturation uh, and overexposure. And we just start to take it for granted. Because you see all these groundbreaking people on Instagram doing just really out-of-the-box creative things. Yeah. But you're just like, okay, it's just another Instagram post. So I think there's there's a big threat of just taking it for granted, which sucks because there's so much out there that we just miss because you just explore page, like, move on. It's like, it's unfortunate, but it's kind of the reality. Yeah. No, it's, it is unfortunate now that I think of it. I, I never thought of like Instagram too, cause I follow a lot of outdoor stuff and how much <laughs> like it's edited in Photoshop too. So I don't know what to tell is real beauty versus fake beauty and whether yeah. I can admire them the same. I end up admiring them the same cause I think it, make, it takes talent to work Photoshop cause I've tried oh, to make yeah. a thumbnail and <laughs> oh I failed God. so bad, like awful, but yeah, it is interesting too, to go on Instagram and visco or whatever site you might be on and wonder am i actually seeing the real thing yeah and i think there's also that satisfaction basis itself off of seeing it in the flesh and being able to know like look at this it's actually come to being in the world but i'm sitting behind a screen right now and because of that draw distance between us i kind of lose the sense when you're just bombarded with it you just you're just like it's it's like whatever and i think that's unfortunate because like I said, there's so much out there. There's so many people doing so many great things. And it's just like something you like and move on from like two seconds later. Yeah. And it's, it sucks because people are doing work for that. That Instagram post that I th- saw on the Explore page, it was cool. Some guy busted his ass to like go out, take the photo, Photoshop it, do that. And the only platform he has is something where he might never get the traction he deserves. Is that part of art or is that a flaw on the behalf of social media and how it's how we, how we, how it works. Like, I don't know. And I think that's something that's really important to talk about when we talk about art, literature, um, I mean, video, filmmaking, photography. I think it's important to recognize that there's a lot more out there than we see, like in, in terms of creators, you see your top, like, like on YouTube, right? There's like your few guys who are there. Mm-hmm. There's so many content creators on YouTube who are probably better, but will never get like, the con like the 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 coverage and the platform that they deserve and how do you fix that i don't know you can't have a bunch of casey neistats it's not possible yeah no that's it's an interesting point with it kind of reminds me of a a topic i brought up on twitter Mm -hmm. and the idea of like we're losing the track of people through opinions because opinions are so numerous i remember when i was a little kid and you had to stand up in front of your class. I remember like the day it was in first grade. Yeah. I had to stand up in front of my class and give an opinion on a book. Oof. And I was terrified mm-hmm. to speak about my opinion because it differed from everyone else. But at the same time, when I got off it from in front of my classmates, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And my, my classmates actually appreciated that I was willing to stand up there. It was considered very brave to share your opinion. It was considered very scary. It's considered a very big deal. Mm-hmm. So it kind of... I'm trying to loop this back a little bit, but we're just freestyling also, right yeah, now. Bro, right now but, I love it. Yeah. It's kind of a hangout podcast, which is awesome. But what my big ultimate point was with that is that because there's so many opinions, because there's so many viewpoints, because there's so much saturation on the market right mm-hmm. now that we kind of lose the context of a human being that we look at you mm-hmm. and you're just like, you're just another person yeah. putting stuff out there, pumping shit out of the factory yep. every day. And we just are like, kind of throwing our hands up we really don't know what to do with that Mm -hmm. and i think there's a lot from what we've talked about in art that we can also say about in social media twitter is my number one platform that i always look Mm -hmm. at like that 
where there's so much out there and there's so much content that people want to be seen and heard that you lose the talented amongst them and then no one really cares about them, which is so unfortunate. And it's not to say that people don't matter. People do matter, but you also have to understand that we should be looking inward and trying to better our community from within, Mm -hmm. pull everybody up together rather than this crab bucket where if you've ever been to Red Lobster, yeah. <laughs> crab buckets are my favorite thing to sit next to. Because you watch the crabs try to get out of the tank mm-hmm. by pulling on the one above it and then <laughs> climbing up. Grudge match. Only to be pulled down by the next one and they never actually get anywhere. And that's kind of what I look at social media as right now is this big crab bucket yeah. that no one's getting out of. Whereas before, a lot of the best artists kind of came out of communities pulling them up. I 100%. think of that movie Big Eyes. I can't remember the artist's name, uh, unfortunately. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Great movie with Amy Adams and, um, oh, shoot. He was in Django Unchained. Jamie Foxx? No. Uh, Leo DiCaprio. Uh, no, he's Christoph Austrian. Waltz. Christoph Waltz is yeah. in it. But that's more of a story on suffering. But the community actually kind of pulled her back into painting, and she got big again. But oh, uh, who's it? Actually, this reminds me of another question I have for you. Walter Keen, Margaret Keen. I don't know. Oh, I'll find it. Keep going, though. Yeah, I, I the movie's called, like, Big Eyes or something. Yeah. It's starring Amy Adams and Christoph Waltz. But um, I kind of want to... Yeah, Margaret some... Keen. Margaret, Margaret Keen. Keen. She's the artist. Yeah. Gotta credit where it's due. She was living in Hawaii, and people were like, you got to see this chick's uh-huh. art after she basically ran away from an abusive husband. Yep. And it was the community pulling in together. Of course, she's talented. And she worked on it, but... The community pulled her back up, and mm-hmm. I think that's what would be awesome to see. Again, I'm just looking up in the sky with starry eyes and praying. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's interesting to go on Twitter and Instagram and to see all these different influencers. That's a big word too. It talks around as influencers. Yeah, influencer. <laughs> I think influencer can very quickly go bad. Um, you play video games at all? Yeah. Oh yeah. So you know Borderlands Three? Love it. Yeah. Like the Calypso twins, it's just it's it's a it's a it's messing around with influencers, right? <laughs> but I, I love that this is where it's gone. This is perfect. I love it. We're going all, we're going from like super deep Greek mythology <laughs> and like species being to like Borderlands three. Let's this is great. I love it. Oh my god! I can god. really flex my liberal arts oh, education. You, you've you're <laughs> phenomenal. You want to come back? Oh please, come on, Nate Dog Part Two, right here. The cross country guys call me Nate Dog. Um, that I have to have a cross meet because I came from uh. Superior, all the roommates of my neighbors were cross guys. So oh, I kind of yeah. want to. I kind of want to gauge what's going on here, dude. You got to pull up track conference like, champs have, coming at you this it. season. Come oh, on, now. I should. Yeah, I should. But continue. Sorry, yeah, Borderlands yeah. Three, Calypso Twins. Yeah, so the Calypso Twins, and obviously their their influence has gone bad. That's the whole joke. But I think I think there's a lot there that's really important. Um, and they look at like this is I think a really good example of losing the person. Like they're just like when you have a million followers, when you're an influencer. Like the Clips of Twins, they just have people just join the COV and then they just they just go to Tyreen and they just like literally shoot themselves in the face for the God Queen. You know, yeah. they're like, yes, anything for you, Queen. And they think she's going to do something. They think by killing the, the vault thief and all that will get them some regard. They're Iridium tier followers. They deserve something. But they're they're just pawns for her. And yeah. I think influencers, it's very easy to just use others for your own success. Cause at the end of the day, why are they successful? Cause people follow them. Yeah. Right. And sure. Like uh, th- this gets weird, but any great, of course people are successful because people follow them. They support them. But on social media, I think it's really dangerous 
because they're not really doing anything but using you. All yeah. they're doing is producing stuff for you to kind of get spoon fed and people just eat it up. So I think influencers, is there good intent? Is there a lot of power in that? Yes. But I think it goes bad really quick. Like you look at someone like James Charles, right? And I don't think that, I think that does way more harm than good. I don't mm-hmm. think that's empowering. I think that's very disempowering to the people he represents, specifically like the LGBTQ community. Cause like that's no, that's, he is the stereotype. Why yeah. would you want that to be? Im- There's so many more examples of people who should embody that community. Why is he the one? And yeah. then you look at kind of these influences, you kind of represent our generation to the world. That's what people think because influencers, a lot of them, they're just, they're self, like they're, they're self-entitled asshats, you know? So I think yeah. there's, it's just, it's dangerous. And I look at the Calypso twins, obviously as an extreme example, but I think influencers is, it's, um, it's a phenomenon that I don't know if I like that much. Well, can so, I, can I introduce you to something up? that I have been in really Please. like Please. addicted to? So I was going down. Because I, I like to study social media, com major, obviously. Yeah. I like to look at this type of stuff. It fascinates mm-hmm. me. And this has been going on for a little while. It hasn't picked oh. up the same traction that most influencers have. But have you ever seen Little Michaela? Oh, yes. Yeah. I For the listeners who want to know what we're talking about, it's on Instagram. It's called Little Michaela. It's spelled L-I-L-M-I-Q-U-E-L-A. And Little Michaela, in short is a computer generated girl. Yeah. That's 19 forever. Yeah, she's 19 and now she's on Spotify. You can find her under Michaela. I didn't know she had music. I found that out today before you came cuz I was like looking it up. I was like I got to bring this no up way. at some point. But she's got like over a million followers That's and people are posting like in the comments like are you a real girl? Like blah blah blah. <laughs> That's wild. There was this guy, I forget his name, it was like Phoenix or something. He's an F1 driver who isn't real. Same thing. And yeah. I was like, this is weird. Well, and it all caught on. It, the thing is, like, to me, like, it's brilliant because she's 19 forever. You don't have to, you know, you don't age yeah. out. Mm-hmm. And it can be ran by a bunch of nerds at a bunch of desks like us. It's like, genius. we could run that. It's genius, actually. Because <laughs> it never goes out of style. No. And you can Whoa, literally just, nice. like, 3D print the clothes you want onto her. You don't have to buy any of them. Fascinating. And then all the locations, uh-huh. you could take a picture in a location and digitally put her there, or you could digitally create the image and put her there. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. She, I didn't know she was that big. I knew these were things, but I, I, I'm just now realizing like how the scale of that. Because well, we do. age out. Yeah. She never will, like you said. Yeah. Well, and the, you want to know the craziest What's part? Up? You know how I Hit found me. out about her? Huh? Fucking Ikea. Mm. <laughs> I was like, he have a sponsor deal with her or some shit? No. Oh, my I God. I found out. I almost got triggered. I, oh, just, <laughs> <laughs> She's sponsored by, like, Samsung and all these different phone groups and <sighs> stuff like that. You you got to go through the page just for, like, for get donate, like, 15 minutes of your time and just go to the single photo view of her profile and just scroll down Incredible. and see what happens. She's with, like, Millie Bobby Brown. Like, she's with these big stars what? pretending to be, like, in a brace with them. It's weird, dude. That's weird. I that's think, really weird. I think there's a picture of her. Maybe I can't remember if that's Millie's page or if that was Drake. But oh, she's Millie with, Drake. Uh oh. Yeah. No, she <laughs> took a picture with Millie for sure, and I think I saw one with Drake. And it's weird because you're like, they're posing like that. They're posing to pretend like somebody's got their arm. That's so weird. And then they just like cut her in there. <laughs> what the? It's like dystopian. Low it's key. So weird. It's so. Weird. Oh, that is weird. It's a genius, though. It is. Wow. And I, I don't found know how I feel out, about that. I found out about it through Ikea because my buddy was talking to me about Ikea 
all the furniture you see in the magazines, about uh-huh. 70% of it to 80% of it isn't real. No way. Is it all rendered? It's, it's all s- 3D animated onto the page so they can get that couch to fit that room exactly the way they want it. Wow, I did not know that. And it's the same technology Whoa. they use for Michaela. That's it's crazy. That they completely fit her to look a certain height depending on Holy who she's crap. with. So that you get that elongated body, you know, that tight waist, oh. thin neck, you know, the shoulder blades. You can see uh-huh. the shoulder blades just right. It's all the same. That they just kind of take a little slider and figure out what's the perfect size for her at this angle. The same way they do for your favorite couch from Ikea. That's really weird. Isn't that crazy? It's dude? like, oh, what? Uh, that's weird. <laughs> and it's manufactured. People buy it. People are like, oh, oh yeah. is she, are you real? That means they probably think she's real. Dude, you want to oh. know what's crazy? You see this table that yes. this thing's attached? This is from Ikea. No way. And I got it online. Bro, little Michaela's in this room through the Ikea like <laughs> storage thing. This is crazy. She's got ears. Welcome little Michaela to the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, she'd probably be the most famous person I have on here by anything, and I don't even know if I'd get like a Stephen Hawking voice or something. <laughs> I am little Michaela. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but the freaky thing to me is her music, dude. Is it's like any, an actual... Good? I don't know. Like, it's... I don't listen. It's like, it sounds like Selena Gomez mixed uh, with something. Like, it's just that really popular tone of voice right now. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's computer generated. So it's kind of like what they did with Kesha what? years ago. Remember oh, when they yeah. auto-tuned most yeah. of her songs? Mm. And it turns out she's a fantastic singer. We just didn't know until like seven years later until yeah. she was doing theater performances live. Mm-hmm. But they, I think they did the same thing. I think they took somebody's voice, baselined it. And then they've made it fit the way they wanted to. And the craziest thing I found out today is they filmed a music video with her. No way. Really? And she's digitally animated into the music video. And they made a trailer for her page. So it's a behind the scenes. Like she's sitting in like that casting chair. And they're like, she's on her phone. And then she's dancing. She plays spin the bottle. Like with a group of people. Like this is serious animation technique. wow and that's not messing around no but then oh, again man. it's like this is it like she's only got a million followers i think they've got four or five other people like influencers i say in quotations yeah. these uh, digital influencers ran by the same company so they're all run by a company i think they are oh, i that's think they're all ran out by like it's kind of like a media group if they are that would be that would be fascinating to look into because it's kind of like manufacturing fame and like you look at viral videos now it's kind of lost its charm because it's all manufactured it is you just call someone out in a rap video and oh it's viral you know it's like it's very it's very manufactured so no and it's it's, interesting it have you also seen like a lot of the most viral stuff isn't usually like i'm trying to think of a viral video from years ago I always find it's like fights or it's something. Kimbo Slice memeable. was a big one. Remember him? Yeah, kind of. He was huge. I remember that. I, I Right now I think of like the Karen woman that's like leaning through the car window. Yeah. That one's always big. It's usually something negative. I mean, it's not always like Burt Kreischer's hip hop dance was uh-huh. viral. That made me laugh. But it is interesting to see what's going to happen. I, I wonder what the next platform is. Yep, and that's I, always a question. Yeah, I was I was talking to my brother about this, who's he's also into video games, and we were talking about VR. Uh huh. Because yeah, we're going yeah. to like the MOA has got this big VR room. I was like, dude, we should totally go and blah blah blah. Yeah. And my mom got bless her, she got two tickets, and uh, we're gonna try it out. Oh, she's so amazing. Cool. 
But I was like, can you imagine if social media's next like platform was VR? If it was an online chat room, like I don't know which ones. I think it's Valve has one currently. They have a VR chat room where you could pick a character and then you talk to each other. Yeah, there's a bunch of memes that come out, like Shaggy and stuff. It's so so stupid. I love it. I'm going to Kermit suicide. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. But I wonder if that's where it's going next. Because when you look up anything, like what's the future of social media? It's always like it's always mobile. It's the next technology. Where is it going next? And I think. Like VR, I think is going to become a bigger part of our everyday life mm-hmm. because it's so tantalizing to be like, I can have the world exactly the way I want it. Yeah, I know that's a little bit of an overstep. I know it's true, though. but I'm overstepping on purpose to kind of get people in the mind frame that when I go in a VR set, it's it looks kind of cruddy right now, but that technology is only going to leap faster and faster. A hundred percent. It's crazy. Um, I watch some guys on YouTube. I don't know if you know Corridor Digital, but they have a uh, their their channel is called Node. That's oh, like N O D. Yeah, I do know Node. Yeah, yep. so they do a lot of VR stuff, and they did it back when like Oculus Rift was like new, like new, new, like 2015, yeah. 2014, super like prototype stuff. And you, I, I like watch these videos, and like you look at twenty fourteen, eighth grade, like Nate, right? I'm just doing whatever, <laughs> watching watching Node on like a cool Saturday night, right? And it's like, wow, this is cool. But it looks like N64 graphics. Then you watch it three years later and you're like, wow, this looks like this game I'm playing on my Xbox. And it's like, yeah. it's like that. It went up. So it's going fast. And I think, where is it going to be next? I think I think you're spot on. I think the next social media thing is going to be something face-to-face. And we've always kind of skirted around like face-to-face, uh, like kind of like immersive experiences, stuff like Second Life sims it's all kind of like this other living but then you get yeah. you get chat rooms and you have stuff like omegle and like group like conferencing and we're all kind of beating around the bush of something like social vr people like facetime too like i'm surprised how it. much they like people FaceTime. just facetime walk into class and on the link and stuff well, that's I our pre- bus if you don't go here yeah i prefer it now like over calling like i, I would rather you facetime me than call me because i want to see we talked about this in class the other day. Yep. I can't remember her name, but she was talking about, I would rather have somebody FaceTime me than call me because I want to see your eyes. Yeah. I was probably Aaron. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was so funny. But it's like true. Cause I, I think, I think that's so much more authentic than calling in a sense. Yeah. Everyone's like, Oh, you just want to text me. It's so removed. But now we have this thing FaceTime that is so accessible. You just FaceTime someone said calling them and it's, it's face to face. It's like you're there. Yeah. I mean, and I think that gets even more, you, I think I think that just keeps going more in that direction. It becomes like a VR chat room where you can just hang out and everyone has avatars and stuff. So who's to say that we can't exist like within our bodies within a digital space? I yeah. think it's very possible. What do you think about when people say stuff like we don't want interaction? We, we grow more on interactions online, but we're not really coming together. Like you and me right now, we're sitting across from okay. each other. We're having a conversation. Yeah. But then there's stuff like FaceTime and there's stuff like... VR, I put in the middle ground right now because you can physically see yeah. the person somewhat moving and you could hear them and everything. It's like they're there with you. Mm-hmm. But what do you, what are your thoughts right now on that idea of not seeing the face when they're interacting versus what seems to be growing in popularity, which is FaceTime? I think I think something like FaceTime is important because I think we talked about this earlier in the in the, in the discussion about it's easy to remove the fact that that's a person. You look at Call of Duty lobbies, people are ruthless because it's just a little, it's a little like gamer tag. It's a little like slot on a leaderboard that you're literally shooting in game, right? 
and like Instagram, it's just another account. It's not, even though there's face to that, it's still just like, whatever, I'm behind the screen, I can say whatever. You have that defense. So I think a dynamic, like face-to-face interaction, I think that's very, very, very intimate. And like, I think that really remedies a lot of that, the things that go on online of alternate personalities and like Call of Duty, the Call of Duty lobby phenomenon of just being the worst people in the fucking world. I think it remedies that because if I'm talking to you, if I'm playing COD right now and you're right there, like... How could yeah. someone talk shit? Because you're right there, you know. Yeah. So I think it, it that is true. If you see the face, you're less likely to do something about it. Because it reminds you it's a person. I think yeah. that's big. It's easy to be like, oh, it's just a gamer tag, right? But yeah. you're a person. I but see you. Do you so. think that would be the same even if people chose like an avatar? Like, what if I, I appeared as SpongeBob to you? I think it would. I, I don't think it would. I think it would. What am I trying to say? It wouldn't <laughs> do anything because it's the same person. It's still. It's still just an avatar. But yeah. once you put your face there. Okay. That's why I think FaceTime is so big yeah. because it is a person. It's mm-hmm. not just someone I'm talking to on the phone. Like, let's say this. So let's say someone, let's say calling ceases to exist. Okay. You know, sometimes some people like call you, like they're like a telemarketer. You kind of, people like mess with them, shit talk. Them, yeah. My brother them. had one from India that he kept calling back and he harassed him back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Case in point. But like, would that happen if we had, if it was only FaceTime and it was only face to face? I don't think it would. No, That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think it would because as humans, like technology is so weird and beyond our primitive being, but like face to face, like if, if, if Clonk doesn't exist and I get some, some telemarketer FaceTimes me, I'm going to be like, I'm not going to dick around with her and mess with her and be like, yeah, I'm not interested, you know, hang up. So I think, I think this face to face of actually being you. I think there's a lot of value in that. How do yeah. we like make that happen on a mass scale? I don't really know, but I think it's, it's, a, it's an interesting point um, to kind of talk about and keep in consideration as we kind of move forward. Yeah. So, yeah. Man, it is interesting. Let me, let me throw this one out here. What's up? Just because I got, I always got questions, man. You know, that's me. what I like. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, I know. Right. Do you think Twitter's salvageable? <laughs> what do you mean salvageable? Is I'm not on Twitter, so is yeah. it that bad? Oh, oh, I thought you'd be on Twitter. I, I am Surprise on Twitter. Me, I, I've not. been on and off Twitter. Guess how many times I've created a Twitter and deleted Seven's the magic number. Oh, cut it in half and minus one. No, I'm kidding. I was you like, two and a half. It's around two three. And a half. Three. Nice. Okay. I've had three different accounts, two personal, and then I got one for the podcast. Okay. Which I haven't really used. I just use it to reach out to people, which surprisingly, like... People have been very generous about reaching out. Thank you, guys. Continue with that. I love hearing from you. Heck yeah. But I've always been surprised by Twitter mobs. Twitter mobs is like the entry level that I think everyone kind of knows about is when one post comes up that you don't like, everyone gangs up and basically bullies that person into silence. Uh Oh, that's dangerous, in my opinion. Yeah. I think it is. But at the same time... Twitter, I've also seen it do some really cool things. The most recent one, I know this is a little obscure, but no, it's the so. most recent one I've had was I've been reading in. I tell you, I do the I do weird stuff. So I, <laughs> I've been studying the Westboro Baptist Church. That's fascinating. Don't apologize. That's super cool. Just wait till you hear what okay, I, I do after this. I should tell you after this, but um, one of the granddaughters of the leader, his name was Fred Phelps. Uh-huh. Her name is oh shoot, what's her first name? Her last name is Roper Phelps. Okay. Oh, she wrote a book. Oh my gosh, I just listened to her. Shoot. Anyway, she was 27 when she left. I think her name's Natalie. 
something like that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll have to fact check myself later. Uh, But I'm going to get her book. I'm really excited. It just came out. But she left when she was 27. Mm -hmm. And because the way she left was through Twitter. Because Twitter is their active way of like coming back at people. It's Their belief is we have to go into the community to fix the community versus other religions. It's we isolate ourselves from the community so okay. that we can have a more perfect community, yeah. right? So you kind of get what I'm getting at? Yeah, I see. So she used to go after Jews a lot. Okay. They don't like Jews. They don't like any. They don't really like anyone. They don't like anyone. They, they're they the only, they believe they're the only church that teaches the true word. I, I, I'm I just roll my eyes. You can't tell because you're not live streaming. But, uh, <laughs> One day, man, there'll be a camera right there. That's why this setup is the way it is. <laughs> We we get into cults and immediately the faces are flying, man. <laughs> but um, what was I saying? She basically worked her way out of the cult to speed the story up because she had interactions on Twitter. And I know that's a very extreme circumstance. But I also think Twitter can be a great place to change minds because you can have slow embracement of little ideas over a long period of time. Mm. But at the same time, short, vicious cuts can kill somebody very quickly. Yeah. So I wonder Interesting. what okay. that can do. And then this also comes back to my thoughts on, or I shouldn't say my thoughts, my opinions on the idea of with such a wide marketplace of ideas that voices get lost and human beings kind of get pushed off to the side and we yeah. forget that that's a person. Yeah. I think Twitter is definitely salvageable. I'm not on it, but I think there is something. I think Twitter is valuable. Because um, I talked about oh like a hundred we only have a hundred eighty characters to do it I think they extended it or whatever but you the 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 I, the sentiment holds up but I don't think that makes Twitter a bad place I think it's a place where there can be a middle ground yeah because there's you can actually have discussion something like I think Facebook is lost Facebook has gone to the dogs I was gonna ask you that next Facebook is toast because it's just kind of a cesspool of your political beliefs. If you believe this, you see it. If you believe that, you see it. There's no middle. So did you just see what it did in Thailand a couple of years ago? No, what happened? It basically was a huge, um, I call it a drug sniffing dog. It was able to find people that disagreed with government policies or elections and ah. actually led to the murder of quite a few people. I believe it was Thailand. This is when you get me on rants that I forget what I was actually reading. No, that's okay. But continue. I know. I was like, continue. Tweaking. No, I think, like Facebook, I think is Myanmar. Facebook is lost. I think Facebook is, it's just fallen to the wayside because it is. There can be no middle. Facebook is just two sides yelling at each other, and like it's unfortunate, right? I say that in general. Of course, there's there's good eggs. There's diamonds yeah. in the rough. There's your grandma. Exactly, yeah. dog. <laughs> so like, it's like not all Facebook is bad. But as a whole, I think it's very. It's jank. It's really toxic. It's really dangerous. Even with them trying to diversify themselves with like YouTube or not YouTube, uh, Facebook TV and things like that. Yeah, I I think I don't think that does much because it's still based in Facebook. Yeah. I just go on Facebook and all I'm getting is shitty political pundits and army recruiters. I'm like, what's well, like? I don't I really care. So it's like it's it. Facebook is just weird. It's it's been totally monetized, politicized, advertised, everything. Um. Which is whatever. But I think Twitter is very salvageable because Twitter is where the people are right now. Yeah. People are on Twitter. It's not It's not just old. It's not dated. It's not just stagnant. Twitter is very like, it's, it's dynamic because there's people on it. There's people actually 
having semi-decent discussion on it. And a lot of like cultural relics come out of Facebook. I mean, it's, oh God, not Facebook, come out of Twitter. Um, there's a lot of like memes that come out of Twitter. There's a yeah. lot of like different opinions and, and insights from different people that come out of Twitter. There's a lot of ability to check someone. If you see something you don't like, you link that and then you comment on it. So like you say something about it. I don't know how Twitter works, so if I'm wrong, but I see all these posts, it's like you like retweet something and no. then you talk on it. Yeah. I think that's cool because I think it has more ability to, to facilitate discussion than, oh, look what Fox News posted. Wow. I hate the libtard snowflakes. And it's like, <laughs> shut up, old man. I hate you. You don't, you know, there's nothing there. There's no middle. <laughs> but Twitter has the ability to build a middle. And that's why I think it's not dead. Yeah. It's like Twitter's not dead. It's interesting to hear from somebody once in a while that's not on it. And I'm barely on it too. But I always, I like to follow people that are on the extreme. You can learn this from the way I view like TikTok. Like uh, I find the less teeth, the better. Like, you know, I like, uh, yeah. I like the worse, the better. And it's the same with most of my social media. It's like, I like to follow things that are polar. I like really yep. far one way or really far the other. Cause I like to hear the extremities of the world. Interesting. Okay. And usually what that ends up leading me down is to something vile. And maybe it's just my own tendencies, but at the same time I'm seeing stuff. I'm just trying to think of a good page that I can start this on. Think about, cause I follow comedians a lot cause of my past. Mm-hmm. I like to see comedians and what they're doing and then talk show hosts, which are subjects always, but even a, like like think of this Roper, you know, Phelps Roper, who's now out of the cult, who is this figure now for change. Her uncle Nate's an even better example. He lives up in Canada. Uncle Nate. Uncle Nate. Nate <laughs> uncle Nate Roper, uh, Phelps. He's the son of Fred, okay. the, the founder. And he left when he was 18. And now he's a gay rights activist and he's like this piece so of So they're like that. if they're they're like good vibes now. They're, they're turning it around. They're they're truth they're truth-seeking people that always outwardly admit they're not perfect and that you have to constantly better yourself every single day. Okay. Like, I put them in a category like two tiers below Mr. Rogers. Like, gone oh, nice. to the worst possible spot, got their ass absolutely handed to them, yep. and still figured out how to become better. That's, yeah, and I, like I don't that think anybody, I, I don't know a lot of people around me that have been through that. Like I've, I'm kind of sheltered to be honest with you yeah. when it comes to that type of story. So they deserve the high most respect in my opinion, because when you're able to do that 180 and you're able to make a change for the better, that's awesome. Absolutely. But even they'll, they'll get shit. Yeah. You know, I, I'm amazed just by, oh, I'm trying to think of a comment on the spot here, but I mean, I see like her sister, Grace, Grace Phelps Roper. She gets shit all the time because she's not publishing enough or she's not doing this enough, or she dresses a certain way. You know, it's stuff like that. Yeah, it's bullshit. But now that yeah. I'm kind of grasping at straws with that, no, I should okay. have brought more examples. Uh, don't worry about it. But there's always the comment of Twitter is a cesspool yeah. full of people just going after each other. Yeah. And, of course, there's segregated groups on Twitter, too, that you can't yeah. actively participate in. But and I, like, don't, I don't know. That's, that's tribal thinking to me. I think we're living in a very tribal time of yeah. thought. We are. We definitely are. Especially in, like, the state of this current political climate, especially in the United States. Like, it's so... It's so one way or the other. It's my way or the highway. Yeah. If you like Donald Trump, you're a racist, bigoted asshole. If you like Hillary Clinton, you're just a snowflake communist, right? It's like, what? No, there's middle ground, and I think most people exist in the middle ground. So when I look at something like Twitter, 
maybe this makes me naive, but I give it the benefit of the doubt because even though it can be so toxic, even though it can, it has those segregated groups, I still think it has potential to build a middle. And something like Facebook, I don't think has that power. Instagram, as much as I love Instagram, I don't think it has that power to build a middle. But I think Twitter does. So I think that's what makes it very unique. Um, it's not perfect by any means, but I think it's a very hopeful platform, if I'm being honest. Yeah, well, I'm glad that there's something positive going into it. Because most of the people around me are kind of like-minded in my thought that I think it's not going anywhere. But I also don't know, though. I'm, I'm glad. not on it. So. Well, hey, you know, it, it's enough to make me think to give it a second chance. That's the whole point, is like... Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find people all over the place that are what they think about it, I guess. Definitely. But I should tell you this just before I forget. No, what's up? So I've been going down the religion road lately because okay. through social media, I'm amazed how much they recruit through social media. Yeah. And one of the groups that has, one of the groups that I reached out to in the past, and <laughs> I'm not always proud of this, but do you know who Eden's Gate are? Yeah, dude, no way. Yeah, I've heard of Eden's Gate. This is like Far Cry 5 stuff right here, dog. I emailed them. <laughs> they're still around. They got a website and everything. But There's they're no the group way. that, like, I think it was 37 people committed suicide in the matching black Nikes with the purple tracksuits. No way, yeah. You can email them because of the 37 followers, there were actually 39 at the time. Two of them got left behind and had to run the website. So the next time the comet came by and Jesus was on the starship behind it, they mm. could encourage others to take the journey up to the comet's tail. Yeah. So there's two people running this thing. I think it's two. That's crazy. Literally, the <laughs> the cult in Far Cry 5, I didn't play that game. Oh, they're I love called that game. Eden's Gate. Oh, I think it is Eden's that's Gate. That's crazy. So what is it called in the real one? I got to look it up I don't again. know. But I, knew, I was like, dude, that's crazy. Because I know it's based off a real thing. Yeah, let me look it up. It's That's wild. I have a cold story after this, too. What was it called? Heaven's Gate. I'm sorry. Heaven's, it was Heaven's Gate. Gate. I knew I it. I had Far Cry 5 on the brain because I literally played it the other day with my brother. Nice. But um, they emailed me back. And they're like, thank you for your interest. This is what we believe. This is blah, blah, blah. It was just like a general announcement statement because I'm sure they're answering questions all the time. Oh, man. But they've got the best graphics I've ever seen. Like, it's that old 90s stuff. <laughs> yeah, right there. Yeah, they're, yes. they're, that's them. And they're still running that site. They're still doing it. That's wild. And then the no other way. one, the more recent one I reached out to mm-hmm. is I was fascinated with Scientology. Yeah, that is a big one. I was in Clearwater, Florida, which is like their oh, lo- yeah. they, most of their properties in Clearwater. They own most of it now. And my grandpa lives down there. So I was visiting him and I was like, what the hell is that? And he's like, that's Scientologist's church, you know. Mm-hmm. So we were like driving around it. He showed me like John Travolta's beach house and all these like <sighs> religious spots because Scientology makes you know billions a year. But yeah, the reason it's a religion crazy. is because it takes that money and puts it towards religious. Um, I need to make sure I choose my word carefully. They put it towards like the growing church. So mm-hmm. they buy more property. So that's why they have all this property all over Arizona that no one uses is because they have to take a certain allocation of that money and put it into use. Yeah. So they're becoming one of the largest like. Wow. Largest groups in the United States, but they have no one to fill these churches. And so I was down Interesting. there. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. They have no one in there. So I was kind of like, well, what is, what's going on here? So I found this book called going clear and I'm hoping to read it pretty quick. And it's about L Ron Hubbard and what he was doing. Like one of the things that I find fascinating about him is to avoid tax. He started the religion, like the upper level of the religion on a boat 
out in the ocean. No way. That's genius. And that's what they still do to this day. Like the higher oh, rankings, I believe they're called OCs or something like that. I, I have yet to read the book. Mm-hmm. But the higher up in the church you go, a lot of the training takes place on a boat out in the ocean. No way. Yeah. And he was... That's crazy. Yeah. He, he used to wear like an admiral's costume. Oh, that's <laughs> also, funny. The thing that I find really interesting about L. Ron Hubbard is he's written more fiction, like fake stories, than anybody in the history of the world. No way. And really? published it. Yes. Wow. He's That's writ- not messing around. No. Holy crap. So I'm, I get this book going clear, and then I'm also going to get Dianetics. And when okay. I'm looking on the site to order Dianetics, they start emailing me. Oh. And they've been emailing me for about half a year now. And I have a designated email, like my spam email that it goes right to. And once in a while, I'll open it up. And dude, they got some pretty good deals. That's crazy. <laughs> That's wild. No way. It's like $63 for like three classes. Like it's like nothing. Yeah, let's One go. One of in my there. friends got ordained as like a Scientology minister and he was like 17 or something. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's an online. Yeah, it's a certificate. I, I don't got, know if that's how it is, but it's funny. I got <laughs> bored in a business class and became a minister in Oregon. There you go. Yeah, nice job. I don't yeah, know. Why. I can marry people in Oregon. That's what we like. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so funny. Religion is such an interesting thing. Yeah. Especially nowadays. Like, it is. Yeah, I don't I don't know where it's going because I, I grew up in a Catholic family, but at mm-hmm. the same time, I've always seen it as a business-like model because you need money to run it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's going to happen with the lack of people that are in religions. Yeah. Like, I'm Catholic, and it is interesting because the Catholic Church is so old. I've, a lot of religions, if people aren't religious anymore, right? We're not... And, like, I think being a Catholic, I don't really know a lot about... I can't speak to the other religions, um, other Christian sects, um, Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, all those. I can't speak to that because I don't know. But Catholicism, it is... There's a lot, in my opinion, I leave kind of ignored because I agree with it. So, like, their stance on, like, birth control, I don't really know if I agree with it, right? Just as an example. So... I think that church is so old, old timey. Um, it's hard to get the youth in because they're not, I was talking to the Bishop. I'm from Iowa city and I was talking to the Bishop in our diocese about it. And, um, we basically, I came to the conclusion about like the Catholic church just doesn't know how to market to the youth. It doesn't mm-hmm. know. And we're not in a stage where you just brought up in it, right? There's no, you have to kind of market it more in a, in yeah. a strange sense. So well, it's interesting. Yeah. You got to look at it almost businesslike because almost. The only real difference between a business and a church in the United States is how you allocate your money yep, and how you spend it and depending on your beliefs, how you register your body. So, mm-hmm. no, it's really interesting to see what that does. That's, I'm, I'm going to try to learn more about that because, you know, I grew up in a Catholic uh, family, Irish Catholic family, but at the same time I was around Buddhists. I'm working mm-hmm. with Islamic groups now. I've gotten a better chance to learn more about them. I spent time in Israel, so that nice, was kind of nice. my time to learn about Judaism and Islam. But at the same time, it's, I don't know. It's like trying to catch a blob. You, there's no it's form hard. to it. You don't really know how to kind of walk into it yet. And I think it's only getting harder. So I, I don't know. I'm still learning more about it. Right now, I'm deep in cults. I just watched Wild yeah. Wild Country. <laughs> well, really, I watched it like a, six months ago. And that's how this podcast started. That was one of my first tests as we did that's Wild cool. Wild Country. And then Jamestown. One of these. I love I Jamestown. I have a story about that. Go at it, man. So, 
my summer, so I'm a sophomore, right? So I guess two years ago, no, two and a half years ago, um, going in my uh, first year of college, um, me and two of my friends, Nick and Will, um, we went out to California. Um, we just drove out there, 10 day trip. And, um, sorry, a little burp. Um, <laughs> so we went out, we went, we went down to Temecula, San he, Diego. He's got a glass of water for people that are wondering what he's doing. I over do. There. I do. Good man. I'm glad you use that. Cause I know we talk a while. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so we went down like Temecula, San Diego area. Our family down there went up to Huntington nice. beach. It was cool. We're, we kind of went as we, that's a whole thing. We talk about that trip forever, but, um, but yeah. So Airbnb in our way through the, through, through the country up to California and we want to see the redwoods and we're like, we can't, I don't want to go all the way up. We didn't want to go all the way up cause it was a super long drive. We're like, no, we kind of, we're, it was just game time decision every day. <laughs> yeah. So we went up to, oh Lord, we went up to Uriah, Uriah, California. That's a hell of a name. Yeah. I like that actually. And yeah. Name. So good oh, name. I forget the other name. I gotta look it up. But, um. Yeah, so we're going up there. There's a redwood grove up there. Yeah. We go into this town. It is literally Far Cry 5. It is in the middle of nowhere. We go through these woods, like this massive untouched like area. It's not even a state park. We just go through it, right? And we're on this. We go over this massive bridge, and then we're in this town, Uriah. And it's like, it's the coldest thing ever. It's, there's no music. It's quiet. No one lives there. We go into this grocery store. There's one guy there. I went to use the bathroom. It's like outside in this little out. Like (laughs) it was the weirdest thing. And then like we were walking to try to find a campsite and there was a guy working on this old truck and we just said, Hey, like, is there a place? And he just looked at us and say anything. I mean, goosebumps right now freaked me out. So we're like, okay, it's getting dark. So we're like, we got to find somewhere. So we went down to these, this campsite to find these people. It's pitch black by now because we can find anything. We go down to this campsite. I'm like, hey, can we like use the spot next to you? And this family gets super hostile. They're like, no, you got to get out of here. Like, this is our spot. It's like, all right, we are getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> so we go across the town, and it's on the coast of the Atlantic. Yeah. So like, like waves or the Pacific, excuse me, we're in California, but it's like <laughs> waves crashing up against like the weird. And then we go to this other campsite full. So we decided to park. We're gonna camp on this beach. There was like this out, uh, this this on this beach. There was the beach, and then there was like some like. Uh, like a, uh, I don't know what to say. It was like this kind of this canyon um, that was like protruding out. And when the tide went back, you could sneak over to this other part of the beach that was like sealed off by the ocean when the tide came back up. So like, we're going to sleep there. So we're there. And then me and my friend Nick, we get this gut feeling. We're like, we are not going to sleep here. This is so <laughs> freaky. The cops were all over town for some Ooh. reason. It was horrifying. And we're like the outsiders, right? We're from, we're some kids from fucking Iowa City. So we go back. We're like, we're getting out of here. So we leave, right? We go to live in or live. We go to stay in Fort Bragg, which is just another. It's an armpit, just in Northern California. So then next day we go to the Redwood Grove. We find some weird like paintings on these like they're like Egyptian things and like the parking lot. Weird, whatever. Do the Redwood thing, cool. So we're gonna make our way back home now. We go down this road, middle of like literally middle of nowhere. We saw like two houses for an hour and a half. We get out there, literally. You could from where you're sitting across the hallway which is probably 12 feet right like well it's not that but we could go down we could see the interstate we wanted to get on and the road was closed so we had to turn around go back an hour and a half to uriah and find our way out it was horrifying and we looked up why was that so creepy and that's the town like jim jones started in you're kidding yeah 
So, like, he started in that area. Let's see if I can find it. I want to say the name right. Ukiah. It was Ukiah, California. Ukiah, California. I think so. Or mm, I'm going to try to find it. I think it was Uriah. But it was, we looked it up. And that was, like, where Jim Jones, st- like, cult, like, started. And that's where he, like, kind of did his thing. Yeah, Mendocino County. If you look it up, you'll oh, see it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wow. So, we were, it was horrifying. I'm sure. <laughs> because it was just, it was weird vibes, weird energy. I we, You felt it. And then when we left, we were on the road back. We're like, what was up with that? So, we looked it up. We're like, well, that's where Jim Jones started his cult. So, the whole town pretty much killed themselves in South America. Yeah. Like, what? In the middle so, of, what, Venezuela? Yeah, no. I think so. Was it? I don't know. I don't know I, enough I about Jamestown. I just remember it was like 200 miles from the nearest city. Yeah, but it was horrifying because you still felt it. And oh. when was that? It was in the 80s, right? Yes. That so, was, yeah, that was with uh, Congressman Ryan flew down there in the late 80s, I believe. Mm-hmm. And all of his group group got shot up. The, one of the only survivors that I found interesting was Jones's son. He was at a basketball game. No way, really? Yeah, he's still around. He preaches against his father's wishes now. But yeah, yeah. he survived. A, a handful of people survived. One old woman survived by hiding under her bed. It was this old woman mm-hmm. from like New York, Harlem. You know, your favorite like grandmama character. Oh no, that's She sad. hid under her bed and they didn't find her. So she was one of them. And she was one of the first people to discover that everyone drank the Kool-Aid. Wow. Yeah, but that was a weird... That, sorry, I'm looking at this map on my phone right now. Dude, take your time. That's but the beauty it, of this. It was just, it was horrifying. Because, like, you don't, like... Well, I, I think I'm in the same boat with you, because I was trying to get me and my... Uh, yeah, no, take your time. I, I can tell you this real quick. I was planning a trip out with a couple of my friends after seeing Wild Wild Country. I wanted to see Antelope, Oregon, mm-hmm. which is the city that was 40 population... Yeah, no one lived there, and all of a sudden, overnight, ten thousand people moved in. A shopping mall was built. You know, this massive group came in, and they ran everyone out of town. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to go back to see what it's like now. Flipping that from being creepy, I'm sure like Antelope itself, there's some vibe there. Yeah, but the town Rosh Bashanam that was built in for Oso, who's the the leader of this cult, Mm -hmm. it's still there, and now it's a Catholic youth camp. So really? I kind of want to go back and Whoa, see what it looks like. Yeah. Because, you know, they were they were uh, very extreme about their, like, emotions. They would all go into a room together and walk themselves through the emotions, which it would go from, like, they'd all be wailing to then they'd beat the shit out of each other. Then they'd have an orgy. Then they would go to, like, just That's everything so you can do to the extreme. And now it's a Catholic youth camp. So no, I kind of oh, want to see what funny. it's like, yeah. A little opposite as a spectrum. Yeah, that it's dedicated. But, I mean, the feat of engineering that was done there. They built their own dam. They yep. had an airport. They had, like, six, what was it, 92 Rolls Royces. They had a shopping mall. They had a giant, um, like, worshipping area. I, I want to go and see what it's like because I'm sure the residual, like, energy from that is still there. And I'm yeah. Like, Oh, yeah, we dude. were in we were in Mendocino. That's what it was. We went to Mend. We were living in Mendoc. Living. We stayed in Mendocino and then went to Brag. But Mendocino was like, it was just freaky. Mendocino was the town that was like totally barren, and like I bet that residual kind of energy is still there. Ugh. It is just the creepy. it's tantalizing. Like, you feel it. We got in that town like this is weird, but we didn't trust our guts at first. We just stayed there and put ourselves in a really <laughs> weird situation. 
I thought I was. I'm gonna be honest. I thought I was gonna die. Oh, I didn't think I was gonna make it out of that town. I literally felt like it was in a horror movie. I was like, I'm not doing this. So there's very rare places that can make you feel that way. It's but yeah. when you find them in, they scar you. It's for you know it. I like I was talking about I was getting goosebumps. I remember the whole thing. It was weird. Oh. Have Have you ever like almost died before? That's random. Have you ever gotten close to dying? Uh, that's out of the blue, but I think it's a fascinating I'm, question. I'm trying to think. I thought I've had a couple moments where I thought I was gonna die right yeah, there. That's like that's where I fell for. off a cliff. Oh no way! Um, I was dropped is probably the better suggestion. I was rock climbing. I was about to rappel. Oh no! And it was my first time ever climbing, and uh, this guy who was very nice but wasn't paying attention to where I was standing. Uh-huh. I walked up and I kind of set my feet, you know, your butt's hanging. Yeah. I was still somewhat on my own feet. Like I wasn't fully back yet, uh-huh. but he gave me all this slack like he thought I was going to ease into it. And I fell about 20 feet and smacked my head and hung upside down. Holy crap. And I thought oh. I was going to die. I couldn't find my bearings. And the first person I saw, this was at a camp, like a camp when I was young. I was maybe oh, 14, man. 15. Maybe that's a little too old. Maybe around 12 or 15, okay. somewhere in there. And uh, luckily, there were people climbing up as we were going down. And this camp counselor's name was Sarge. He was a sergeant in the military. He was climbing at the same time. And he, I will never forget this. He put his hand on my chest as I hung and just spinned me like I was a dial on like a (laughs) rolling lock. He just spinned me and push me up against the wall. And he's like. Go on. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Sarge, I'm save like, your life. Yes, dude. Sarge. Thank you, Sarge. Funny story, just to relate, my water cup here, the bracelet around it was made by Sarge. No way. Yeah. That was made by Sarge. Sarge. He's, Sarge is with us. He's the ledge. And then um, I got I caught driving in Detroit at night because I've got family there. Ooh. But yeah. at the same time, I don't feel as threatened by Detroit anymore because I've been there so much. Mm-hmm. And every time I've gone, I've gone with my mom. So I have like this false sense of she knows the city. So that's fine. Because she was born when the riots happened right oh, after. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. So I grew up, you know, walking around Detroit, going to a couple of those museums and seeing where all the houses were burned down and having people yell at me all the time. So it's kind of like zero sum in my head Not but at the it, same yeah. time you know i've been down eight mile and really? it's all strip clubs yeah, yeah. I, so it's there's not really there's no one in detroit that's the thing people are like there's, it's dangerous sure it's dangerous there's just nobody there yeah everyone left and then probably oh i almost got mugged that's probably the closest <laughs> Ugh. I was walking. Uh, I know this is three. I, you asked me for if I've had. No, one. I love I have, it. I want to know. I think three. this is a fascinating question. Um, yeah, and then it's like drownings. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I got pushed up against a wall by a guy who was asking for money for um, gas. Uh-huh. He said he broke down, and uh, I was walking to the St. Paul Hotel, St. Paul, St. James, something like that. I was going to see some of my friends, Carol, for high school. I was like a junior in high school Mm -hmm. and I'm in a suit. I look nice. Like it's a nice hotel and I'm walking through a bad area right by St. Paul. And I think no one's going to touch me. I'm six foot one. I'm walking fast. No one's going to touch me. And this little dude walks right up to me. He's like, I need gas. I need this. And I'm like, sorry, man, I don't have any money. I don't even have a wallet on me. I don't, I'm not, I'm telling him the truth. Like I don't have a wallet on me. I left it in the car in a parking garage that I had a lock to. It was at my dad's work. And he goes, listen, man, is this what God would do? And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, 
okay, this is getting a little weird. And all, you know, one thing leads to another. I start walking and he puts his forearm in my chest. Mm -hmm. And I do a quick little swim move and I just start booking it. But he tried to get me up against the wall and I knew, I thought I was going to die. No, I I don't um, That's the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. And then, yeah, I think that's probably the worst because I knew he had something on him because he kept at his back uh-huh. pocket like his back belt so there was something there but I got out of there before anything bad could happen so I've never been close never close but one second sorry we had a quick entry special what? guest a special guest coming back at us but that's the closest how about you so I've I've, I've had this is just what I think is such an interesting question I've had like three times so one time I was Jumping on trampoline, I feel square in my like like on my like head, and I like bruised my stern really bad, and I thought I was I couldn't breathe for like five seconds. That was when I was like fourteen, so I was like ah. But then another one, I so I this is a whole thing. So I I'm like I said I'm from Iowa City, uh, like six hours away from here. So I greyhounded back. Cause I don't have a car up here. I I'd greyhound back. Don't ever greyhound bus in your life. It is. The stupidest thing. I don't know how. It's logistically a nightmare. It doesn't work. I've been told the same thing many times. It's so romanticized. <laughs> but it's like, oh, we'll see. We'll go to the Greyhound bus, see America, right? And that La La Land song, like Another Day of Sun, they're like, I met like this person I love on like the Greyhound bus. like. So it's like, cool. <laughs> yeah, all right, bro. That's not how it is, though. But I was I was, on, I was, on the Greyhound bus. This whole thing. So I, I wake up. So Greyhounds are always late. But this was the day, like, we, I forget, we either, like, lost an hour or something. So, all the Greyhounds became an extra hour late because of the time change. So, the night, okay. and I'm, like, literally getting on the bus when this happens. So, I'm waiting outside Iowa City for two hours at, like, 3 a.m. So, that's fun. Get on the bus. Go to the Des Moines bus stop. It's, like, an hour and a half away. Des Moines bus stop is probably about as big as two of these rooms. Very small. I don't know how big this room is, but it's, it was, like, 24 by 24. Okay. Small as hell. In, like, yeah. not a very nice area. Mm-hmm. And I'm there for, like, 20 hours. So a bus oh. gets canceled. So there's 100 people in the bus stop. Everyone's getting mad. Everyone's trying to fight each other. People are pissed. It was just bad news. So a bus come, a bus doesn't come because it's late because a bus got canceled in Detroit. So now the whole country's off. Or in uh, D- Denver. So the whole country's janked up. And then another bus comes, and it's me and four other people. One of them's an old lady. So we let her get on. We're like, well, now what? I don't know. So it's, I remember them. It was me, this guy named Rashad. He was probably about 30 and another college kid. Uh, her name was Alex. So we just hung on this bus after 20 hours. Then another guy, like another whole group of people came in. People were trying to fight, all this stuff. Jeez. But there was this guy. He was sus. He was like, he was high as a kite. His eyes were glazed over. He Ugh. was, he was gone. You could tell he was gone. He almost got in a fight. He's like a Mexican dude, but he called this, he called this black dude the N word. And it's like, Okay, so everyone's Dang. it's get it's he's just being an idiot. Everyone's trying to fight each other. It's a mess, and yeah, so that happens. Then I go to the bathroom, so I'm like in the bathroom doing my thing, taking a piss, taking a leak, whatever. <laughs> so I try to leave the bathroom. This guy comes in. It's this dude. It's the Mexican dude. who's like super high. He's just a sketchy character, and so I try to leave the bathroom. And like I open the door, he comes in. And he like blocks me, and he's gone. So I wasn't worried. Like he's like out of his mind. Um, on drugs or something but he comes in and he like blocks me and he's like he's he wants me to buy something i'm like dude i, I don't know what you want so i assume he had drugs on him but and then he opened up like his his like jacket and he had t- 
tons of money on him. He had oh. a ridiculous amount of money on him. What? And I was like, okay, that's sus. And I was like, no, bro, I'm trying to leave. And he was like, no, 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 man. Because he was high as hell and he was like, that sounded sus. But I'm sorry, I'm laughing. This is no, like no. horrific. It's, it's something. But he was like, he wouldn't let me go. Um, and he was just in another place. But so I was like, no. And he just flashed me his money. And I, I he had like, I think he had a knife on him. Because I saw him like go for something else. And I was like, I'm done. So I just pushed him out of the way and left. But that was horrifying. Because in a situation like that, you're not really, you're at someone else's mercy. Even though it was this dude, he was kind of short. But he, he was like, he was, he was inebriated to say the least, but it was, st- it's still freaky. Cause you're like, Whoa, like this dude, like I was threatened by this guy. I didn't yeah. know he was going to act and it was going to go off. So I was crazy. And when it's that close, like exactly. you're in a tiny little confined area. It's oh. like, yeah, it was a small ass bathroom and it was, ugh. it was just not a good experience. Can I, can I tell you one? I just remember. I got another one after this. So keep, oh, let's keep we'll it going. Go back I love this. Real quick. This one, I never felt in any danger. It gave me a scare for a moment, but mm-hmm. I said I was in Israel for a while. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, it was right when ISIS started to pick up. Oh, okay. And that's not too related, but one of the first scares that happened that kind of got me in the mindset that I'm in a place I'm not supposed to be was I came in on a plane called a 777. It's what you commonly fly on, right? Uh-huh. Boeing 777. About a, in the same news cycle as the time I arrived... A seven 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 disappeared, oh my god, over the ocean somewhere. And my mom was like, "What?" Yeah. And I was happy no one like I I was emailing her and everything, so like there was a clear communication. Like I was fine. There was never any worry there. But it freaked some people out, like my friends who had watched the news. Like, oh my god, like a seven 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 just disappeared. Yeah. And we can't find that anymore. But my family knew and everything was fine. But it kind of got me in the mindset of what was going on. Okay. Well, I was yeah. in southern Israel, and we were driving south. You know, we're seeing all these mountains. You know, we're taking a tour. Yeah, doing Israel things. Yeah, we're seeing, like, all the old war equipment. Like, they got AA guns out in the middle of nowhere. It's crazy. And we're running low on gas. we got to use the bathroom. So we all pull off at this old military base that's kind of, like, beaten apart. Okay. Kind of creepy, and there's yeah. soldiers there. But all the soldiers are great. Like, they're super nice guys. Nice. And they're like, yeah, you want to see this? Like, these are the boots I wear. Like, they're That's just kind cool. of showing off. Like they're like flexing. Yeah. It's like, what's up, man? That's awesome. I go in. I'm taking a leak. I had a sponsor there that had helped pay for my trip. Mm-hmm. And her name's Mary Jo. And she's a very lovely woman. I still talk to her to this day. And we hear, you know, this quick, like somebody's breathing really fast. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the, what the fuck's that? And Mary Jo goes, oh, look. And she looks up. And there's about 11, like, silver almost like bullets traveling through the air. They're missiles and they're flying far, far away from us and they're traveling through the air. And I like, I'm jolted. Wow. Like, what the fuck is going on? And the guys, the soldiers behind me are like laughing. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? There's missiles flying through the air that just came from the straight. Like what are you, that's going towards your house or something. And again, I'm like freaking out for a second in like clockwork. They're not in the sky for more than a minute. We see them all, like blow up into little puffs of white dust and you see like the glass fragments falling out of the sky. Israel had an anti-defense missile mechanism and that's what they were laughing about. They could do that all they want, but we can shoot down as many of those missiles as we please. They shot like seven of these things down. I'm in the desert watching Whoa, like it's a fucking fireworks show. That's crazy. And I'll never forget that, but I never, oh. it was one of those moments where I was just like, I can't believe this is real. Oh, it's not real. Like nothing bad's happening. Like that, it's just gone. Nothing happened. Yeah. 
So that that freaked me out. I was never going to be touched, but that was one. I, I told that story to one of my friends the other day. I was like, God, I can't believe I forgot that. That's probably the weirdest situation I've been so in. So they're, like in, they're like incoming missiles. They were... F- that they aiming, shot down. Yeah, they were aiming at Tel Aviv and, Isra- and Jerusalem. Yeah, Jerusalem. Wow. They had a couple flying. I don't remember if it was seven. It was quite a few. I was surprised how many. That's crazy. But they fired those missiles. They shot them down. They also did drills in the middle of the night, which was awful. <laughs> so I, I would hear gunfire in the middle of the night oh in my, my hotel. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, I shat my pants on a fucking uh, balcony once because... <laughs> They did military marching through the streets. <laughs> like this brigade was marching and I heard the clacking of guns. And the only time I hear guns is like when I'm hunting. So naturally you're like inclined to be like, that's a gun. Where yeah. the fuck is it? And it was below me. And I look down and all the barrels are pointing up. I'm like, fuck. Holy <laughs> like, shit. Like real oh. back from that shit. I'm like, what the fuck? But I, I loved Israel. I would go back. Like I make it sound like I was unsafe. It's not that I loved it. I think the craziest part was Dead Sea, the driveway to get into the Dead Sea. There's a minefield on both sides. Really? Yeah. That's wild. But I want to hear yours. You got one more. No, yeah. So uh, I was in, a few years ago, I went to Guatemala for a service trip. And, um, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it was super cool. We were in, Sh- like, we got listeners in Guatemala, actually. Really? My buddy Luis and his family listens. Shout out to Luis. Do you know man. where they're at? They're in Guatemala City. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, we flew into Guatemala City, then we stayed in Antigua. Um, but we were working with, uh, this program called, called, uh, Imagining Guatemala. And this program, they do really great work, but they build houses. Um, so, um, I could plug them all I want, but imagine Guatemala. They, they just do a really, they do great, great, great work. Um, but yeah, so we were down there working with them. It was a school trip. One of my old teachers, she is one of the volunteer coordinators in the United States for them. Um, remember these two guys, Mario and Eddie, super, super dope dudes. Um, I digress though, but that was, I love that, that, uh, that organization. Um, but yeah, so after we got done with the build, which is like, it took like four days, um, to complete the house. We went down, we did a little sightseeing. We did the Guatemala thing. Um, one day, I f- oh, we went. It was it was Lake Adelon. Um, so we went there. And it's super cool. Super cool kind of like resort town. Um, but not like, it's not like Cancun. It's just kind of this dumbed down resort kind of vibe. It was really cool. Really great place. Um, and we went out. The, the lake is massive. It is huge. There's like mountains all around. It's the prettiest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was, it was like so sublime. I was like, holy crap. It was incredible. So we went there. We went out, we were going to go cliff diving, right? So we went out there, took a boat out and we're all cliff diving, doing our thing. It's probably like 20 ish. Oh, dude, you're up. so much braver than me. If you're cliff. Yeah, oh. It was, yeah. What's it here? This, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> so it's cool. So I'm jumping. I'm like pencil dive. Woo! Right? Cause I'm not trying to die. And then there's these French Canadian guys. <laughs> oh no. And they're like doing these flips. They're gymnasts. So they're doing like crazy shit. And I'm like, that's dope. And like one of the girls in my class tried to do something and she like ate it, but she was fine. Right. But like, I look at me, I'm so skinny. I have nothing. So I, I jumped (laughs) and I tried to do the swan dive and I landed flat. It was like, literally like, it sounded like that. And I, from like 20 feet up, I didn't sink into the water. I just went and stayed on top. And I was like, damn, that shit hurt. And I was that hurt like a motherfucker, dude. Oh my god! And so dude. I so I get out. I'm like, oh, I'm tweaking. I was like, I was, yeah. And I started coughing up blood. 
like a ton of blood. No. There's a video of me on YouTube and like I cough up blood and then I swipe like my hand on the rock and there's just blood all over my hand. So I'm like, oof, not good looks. What? So I go over, I'm like, yo, I am messed up to like one of the coordinators. I'm like, I'm coughing up blood. She's like, no, you probably just bigger lip, whatever. So I go up and everyone's like, you're fine. Just bigger tongue or whatever. But I'm like dying. I can't breathe. I'm like having these like, like kind of pseudo back spasms. I'm like coughing up blood. I'm like, holy shit. And I'm in the middle of the small town in Guatemala, not even in the town, in just the middle of this lake. And I think I'm going to die. So there was like 30 minutes where I thought I was just going to just like drown in my own blood and just like die. Cause I was sitting up there. You know how people like cut off the tops of coconuts and put straws in them and drink them? Yeah. This, <laughs> no. this makes sense. So, so there was this bench and there was a coconut there. So I'm walking, I'm like, and I sit on this bench and I see all my friends playing in the middle of the, like, they, they swim out in the lake. They're all having fun. Everyone's, and I'm up here and I'm like, I, I started talking to this coconut. It sounds so sad. Sorry. I just got really loud. I just, my mic. No, you're but fine. I was like, you, you, so you had a Wilson moment? Like cast? Yes, yeah, literally. I had a Wilson moment. So I'm up there. My friends are having fun. I think I'm going to die. And I'm just talking to this <laughs> coconut next to me. I was like, yo, I was like, I don't think I'm going to make this, man. I feel so bad. I was praying to God. I was like, Lord, you have to help help my body heal. And I was so messed up. I had back spasms. My whole back was bruised. And I was in the middle of fucking Lake Adelon. Oh, it was horrifying. So fast forward. Oh fast forward like three months. First cross country meet of my senior year. I cough up all this old grossness. I'm like, what is that? It was all this old blood. I was like, maybe it's from Guatemala. So I get it checked out. X-ray. They call me. They're like, yo. Like, so I get the X-ray. And then there's like, next day, 4 p.m. I remember so I was sitting downstairs playing my Xbox. My mom was like, yo, I need to pick you up. Get ready. There's a mass in your chest when you go to the ER. So I'm, I think cancer. You think mass in your chest. Fuck, I have cancer. <laughs> it was horrifying. So then we get the, we go to the ER, CAT scan, <laughs> MRI. They have no idea what this thing is inside me, right? So basically, ne- like a few months later, I get an operation. They, they like, they come my side open. They take something out. I have like three little incisions. It was super cool. But they took this thing out, right? And so once they figured out what it was, it was this thing. So basically what happened, I tore my lung open when I fell. It was like less than a centimeter away from my aorta. So if it had been like an extra foot up, I would have torn my aorta open. I would have bled out inside and I would have choked on my blood. So I tore my lung open and it grew this thing. It was something called like a granulosum and it grew on it. And it was just like, it was like kind of messing with my lungs. So when I was racing, I was like having trouble breathing. That might've been part of it. So they deflated my lung, cut it out and like it was fine. But it was crazy because this doctor's like, yeah, if that was a few feet higher, you would have just busted your aorta and you would have just pretty much destroyed your heart. Yeah, so it was horrifying in the moment, but I look back on it, I was like, that is absolutely terrifying. That's, oh my God. Like, I was like a foot away from dying in the middle of Guatemala. It was the, it was the scariest moment of my life. It was freaky. I know I said that about the other thing, but this was horrifying. I can't, I'm, I'm happy you saved this one for last. Me dude. too. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Like, you're showing me like finger checks now. It was oh, it's amazing, I, uh, like yeah. in the worst way possible. No, it is. And like, I look back on it, I'm like, yeah, that's fucking hard ass. Like I did that shit, but I'm like, no dude, that like when I see people go <laughs> and like dive, I'm like, no, absolutely not. It, I, uh, I just, yeah, but that's it. I almost died in Guatemala one time, which is a pretty cool story to be able to have dude. with come from it. Oh my God. 
Yeah, that, dude. That's going to stick with me for a while. It freaked me out. I'll show you the video after we get done with this thing. But oh, it's it to, was... To be honest with you, I think we should call it there. I don't think we can top that. We I think it, we leave we that with a bang. Guatemala story? Oh, my God. That's Hell amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell my mom to listen to this one so she, <laughs> she remembers it. <laughs> love, love you, Mom. <laughs> shout out. Shout out, Marty Teagle. Don't worry. <laughs> it's, it's good. Oh, Made it in one piece. Just bring it back the <laughs> horrors today. Right? <laughs> But hey, we're here now. We're together. We're having yeah. fruitful discussion. We're Very, on the yeah. podcast. Oh, we're out here. We're moving. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's cool. You covered a lot of ground. We went from me spilling like this idea of Sisyphus and social media to out here like talking about Guatemala and Israel yeah. and almost dying. That's Dude, that's awesome. That's, that's what this. Stuff. That's what this is. I, I love mean, it. Uh, they slowly are climbing. I'm trying to get better, but I like having just a podcast where I can bring people on, learn something, and then kind of hang out. And you'd be surprised what comes out of it. Definitely. So, Absolutely. That's facts. Yeah. Everyone's got a story to tell. Oh, we just got to listen. Yeah. Well, I, br- I guess I'll, we'll bring this thing home because I'm, I'm definitely going to have you. If you're willing to come back, I'm sure I'll have you oh, back on. I'd anytime. love to be back on. This is It's always a pleasure. I, I, just, I love it. So, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Always. Well, Nate Dog Part 10 coming at you soon. <laughs> We're going to be on a lot. I told, I told him like. Before this whole thing began, if you ever have a rant, just come on the BGP and you're like, you'll be fine. (laughs) People with rants are welcome here anytime. That's why it's nice. It's kind of like a brain spill. Like the whole thing, like, like when you're talking about social media made no sense. Right. But then you, you take it back in, you pick it apart and like you pick apart the rant and it makes sense in the end. So that's why I think it's cool thing about these podcasts. It's not just like, Oh, like Kanye West, we're talking about. It's not just like, Oh, you said this. You actually have a chance to spill your guts, spill your thoughts. They'd be like, yeah. let's pick it apart. And I yeah. think that's a really cool part of how you how you have this thing set up. So Yeah, it's weird because it's like it's stepping back from your real your time and just being yeah. like, collect all that moment, all those moments, kind of put them into two hours, two and a half hours, mm-hmm. and just see what you've actually learned by, you know, this sounds kind of cliche, but just no. by living a little bit every day and see what you pick up, have a conversation with somebody and see what you learn. And it's kind of a beautiful moment. And it's been nice because I have great friends that have supported me. But at the same time, you got to be willing to, uh, well, here's the beautiful thing about friends. You can do absolutely nothing and have a great time. Um, and it's unfortunately not always the best thing for a podcast, but I've had some great friends come on and talk to me about some really interesting stuff. So I'm, if you've got anything or if your buddy's got anything, bring them on. I'm happy to hear from them. Oh yeah. Always. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. But with that, if you want to get in contact with the show for our listeners, feel free to reach out to us at the Instagram or the Twitter page at the Ben Griffin podcast. Otherwise, we always we're been getting videos lately. I can't believe I'm getting videos. That's pretty cool. That's wild. Um, if you've got those, send them to Ben Griffin Podcast at gmail.com. We always are happy to hear from you. Um, thank you to all those people who have reached out over the past couple of weeks here, man. We've gotten quite a few messages. I've been surprised. So it's kind of bringing a smile to my face to be able to interact with you guys and know that we're doing something pretty cool here. So. With that, thank you guys so much for listening. Nate, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. All right, guys. Have a good one. See you later.